It's an amazingly high-tech sector, but it's also amazingly 19th century. Literally, they stick their hand in the compost and they say, oh, it's it feels about right, or no, let's keep working on it. There's an art form, a lot of art form there. One of the issues that this grant is going to tackle is trying to optimize a lot of the pest management approaches as pest management strategies come out of the laboratory. Are they cost effective? So we're going to try to monitor their effectiveness and then identify cost vectors. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh business blog. To learn more, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu slash news. Welcome. I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast for Lehigh University's College of Business. Today is January 19th, 2024, and I'm talking with Phil Coles and Todd Watkins about their roles as economists on an ambitious $7 million multi-university and multidisciplinary USDA grant titled Focusing on Novel Pest and Disease Management Strategies for U.S. Mushroom Farms. Phil Coles is a teaching associate professor in the Decision and Data Analytics, or Data, department, who has worked in the mushroom industry for more than 40 years. Todd Watkins is a professor of economics and has served as executive director of the Martindale Center for the Study of Private Enterprise at Lehigh since 2015. Welcome to the Illuminate podcast, Phil and Todd. Thanks, Jack. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Now, it seems um, that many, if not most, government grants have involved researchers at one institution looking at a targeted outcome that it's looking to achieve. Uh, so let's start by talking about the broad scope of the, the USDA grant that you're both part of. What is the problem this grant seeks to solve and how significant an impact do pests and diseases have on mushroom crops each year? Pests are a big part of uh, uh, growing mushrooms. Right? There's all these uh, bugs that are out there that are trying to eat our, our mushrooms before um, we're able to get them to market. So typically, probably across uh, the industry, 10 to 15 percent crop loss is, uh, is typical. And um, it can be as high as 100 uh, percent. It depends on what the uh, disease is, what the, um, uh, what the season is. It's a lot more difficult in the summer. Uh, than it is in the winter months because uh, they're grown, uh, the mushrooms are grown in climate controlled rooms. So if it's the, the winter season, they can't move from room to room, assuming that they're, uh, that they're separated. Uh, but in the summer, that's when it starts to build up and going into the fall. And uh, we're dealing with uh, uh, two main arthropod pests. They're uh, both fungus gnats. It's a sierra fly and a forward fly. Uh, what's interesting, the sierra flies are a bigger issue in uh, Berks County, Pennsylvania, and the forward flies are a bigger issue in Chester County, Pennsylvania. That's one of the things that's not understood at all. Uh, we'd love to know um, what it is that's driving the different types of species there. Uh, they cause a lot of damage uh, on their own, where they'll uh, uh, reduce crop yield. They'll also uh, damage the quality. And I always like to say that uh, people don't really care what food tastes like. We They want to make sure that it's pretty. It's like as if we eat with our eyes. Uh, if, if there's blemishes on them, uh, people will not buy them. They become unsaleable. Uh, they end up in uh, canned product, but they, they won't sell uh, for fresh. But in addition to the problems that those arthropod pests 
causing their own. They're also vectors of diseases. So there's a disease called green mold. Uh, there's uh, verticillium. There's virus diseases. There's all types of diseases that uh, uh, mushrooms get. And that's why there's so many plant pathologists working on this project. Uh, so uh, tremendous, tremendous losses uh, uh, due to these pests. What does mushroom farming mean to the U.S. economy, you know, in terms of you know, jobs and money, and, and how does that compare to the global mushroom industry? I can take that one, Phil, if you want. Um, yeah. Globally, I think the mushroom industry is 50 or $60 billion industry globally. Um, and I was reading a projection a few weeks ago that the expectation is a $100 billion industry by 2030. So it's a substantive industry. It's not as large as some of the big cash crops, but it's a, a, an important industry globally. The U.S. is a smaller player in that global industry. China is a huge player there. Uh, but the U.S. market is about a billion dollars in direct sales of mushrooms and with all the multipliers of delivery and jobs and suppliers and distribution systems. It's probably $3 billion, uh, impact on the U.S. economy which is plus or minus tens of thousands of, of American jobs involved. What's interesting to us is that Pennsylvania is the by far the largest supplier of mushrooms uh, in the U.S. So uh, Pennsylvania is more than half, probably two-thirds-ish of the uh, U.S. mushroom production. So it's largely local for us. So Phil and I can uh, interact with uh, most of the major growers right here within an hour or two drive. It is the largest crash crop in uh, Pennsylvania. Now, what universities are involved in the grant? And I, I, I think that probably reflects some of what you've been talking about in terms of its importance in Pennsylvania. The grant is uh, housed at Penn State University. Penn State has a fairly large mushroom research group there. Um, and there's some folks from the University of Delaware, University of Florida, and one person from, I think, Cal State Monterey. Uh, involved in addition to us. So it's multi, multi-institutional. It's pretty cool. And I think Phil had, um, you know, mentioned, you know, s- some of the, the disciplines that are, are involved, but what, what is kind of the range of disciplines that are represented by the grantees? Well, it's mostly plant pathologists. Uh, there's actually uh, five plant pathologists that are involved, uh, three computer scientists, uh, two, um, mushroom scientists, and they're, they're also plant pathologists, uh, two entomologists, a plant uh, geneticist, uh, natural products chemist, and uh, Todd and I are the um, uh, economists. And then there's one uh, extension educator because part of the grant is to make sure that the word gets out amongst the mushroom farmers, uh, what the recommendations are that come out of the grant. So with all of these um different disciplines involved and different universities involved. Um, Is this grant an example of, you know, perhaps an an opening to expanded research funding opportunities uh, in the academic world? Yeah, I would agree with that assessment, Jack, that not only this grant, but sort of the general trajectory of, of many of the federal granting agencies is in this multidisciplinary or cross-disciplinary direction. Um, you know, Phil and I have kicked tires on 
several ideas just in the last month or two after this grant got awarded uh, about other types of agencies and questions that we might want to tackle. And we've been reaching out to people across Lehigh and elsewhere, you know, thinking about sort of next stages uh, that this could grow. I think the general trend uh, in many of these granting agencies, and I'm working on a separate grant for the NSF, uh, which has a lot of multidisciplinary characteristics to it. You know, are there ways to, if the laboratory science is successful, how do you facilitate moving that into the marketplace or into the hands of people who will use it? How do you accelerate that take up? Uh, you know, are markets going to be ready for it? What are the barriers? What kind of consumer behavior might be involved? What sort of policies might be needed or changes might be needed to, uh, you know, make it happen? And you got the business and entrepreneurship problem of what's the ecosystem to ramp this stuff up and get it to scale and distribute it to whoever is going to use it. Those are all things that require uh, disciplinary thinking way outside of the, the, the narrow box of the laboratory science. Um, and so, you know, in part, that's what we're bringing to this mushroom grant, which is, you know, there's, there's great entomology science involves here, but the reality of the business is, you know, is this going to be cost effective? How much should you spend on this? Uh, is that enough? Is this enough? Should you raise the temperature and uh, to pasteurize things? Does it really have to be as high as that? Could it be a little bit lower? Could you save a little bit of money? Um, lots of multidisciplinary questions in there. Okay. Now, Phil, you had um, uh, mentioned uh, we were talking, you know, before we started this about kind of the history of industry, you know, following this um, kind of more um, holistic or multidisciplinary or, or whatever you want to call it approach to solving problems. And I think that was an interesting um, kind of background of what's happening you know, in, in the government and, and academics now. So could you talk about that a bit? It's been happening in a lot of different areas. So when I was an undergraduate in the, in the early 80s and, and, work, and just beginning my work in the industry, uh, there was something called integrated pest management that was uh, the up and coming thing where we are integrating everything together. You've got the, the preventative things, you got what it is that you're doing for the arthropod pests, for the diseases, and, and you're, you're bringing them all together so that they're working together. And that's the idea behind IPM, our, our integrated pest management. And that's really, if, if you're a farmer and you're not doing integrated pest management, you're, you're probably not farming anymore. Uh, it, it's, it's really become the accepted way of doing that. And, and the next stage was they come, well, it should be integrated growing, right? It shouldn't be just the pest management procedures uh, that you're pulling together. Uh, it, it should be everything that's involved with the growing because even things like if the, the crop is healthier, no matter what kind of crop it is, not just mushrooms, it's more resistant to, uh, to arthropod pests, to, to diseases, what, whatever it is um, that you're looking at. But it also comes from a management point of view also when you're looking at it as researchers, and that's what I was alluding to, uh, in business. So traditionally what we did, we had everything that was linear. So you would start at, at, at the research stage and then you would 
maybe look at the economics later on and you find out the economics didn't work and you'd have to go all the way back to the beginning where what companies are doing now is bringing multidisciplinary actors together uh, so that it's no longer linear. You're getting input from every, uh, every single area. This actually came out of the automotive industry. Uh, it started, started with the Toyota production system, but other companies started getting into that. And, and uh, famously, the platform systems for Chrysler that um, no, no longer started with marketing and then throwing it over the wall uh, into engineering and throwing it over the wall into production uh, and so forth. It was multidisciplinary teams together. So if you could see a problem with production or with the costs or whatever, you wouldn't have to go back to the beginning. You could catch things earlier when they're, when they're uh, easier to fix. And that's what we're doing from a research standpoint is have all these different disciplines working together. Yeah, so let, let's let's turn now specifically to the your role. The both of you is the only two economists on on the project, and um, I'm wondering how unusual it is for a grant like this to include economic feasibility along with laboratory research. This is actually a, a, a fairly new thing. Uh, my my undergraduate degree is in entomology, and um, that's something I like to dabble in is uh, is research. And uh, I got uh, several papers that, that were on pest control. And where I like to look at it is not in the laboratory, but actually uh, in the growing rooms. And um, when, you're, when you're looking in the growing rooms, you're seeing actual things uh, that are going on. So um, this has become much more popular. Uh, from the grant standpoint, from the uh, scientific standpoint, but this was something that, that uh, bleeds into what I've been uh, trying to do for a long time. So it's uh, pretty exciting for me to be involved with this. And circling back, Jack, to your previous question, um, you know, I think that this is indicative of expanding opportunities for people in the social sciences, the behavioral sciences, uh, you know, business, entrepreneurship, researchers to participate in grant opportunities that we may have not had in previous decades because of the interest in combining um, forces to tackle you know, really complex problems. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for many of our colleagues uh, around Lehigh and elsewhere uh, in disciplines that haven't been as well supported by research grants as the engineering and, and you know, typical sciences have been. Now, Phil, I wonder if um, you you mentioned a couple of times you're, um, you know, studying entomology, and if you could give us kind of a, a brief overview of your your forty years in in the mushroom industry, um, kind of the the range of things that you've done, and and I think most particularly what that brings to your role in this particular grant. Yeah, well, I guess that's, you know, that that's how we got involved in the first place is uh, I already knew these people, uh, these researchers at Penn State for, for many years, and I, I worked together with them. And uh, when, when I was an undergrad, so I, I have a degree in entomology, but I would say I really have a degree in mushroom growing, um, but there is no such thing. You have to have a degree in something. So um, I took a lot of plant pathology, entomology classes, special courses, and learning how to grow mushrooms. I was very, very fortunate to be there when 
Uh, Lee Schisler was at uh, Penn State, and he's uh, just was an absolutely uh, unbelievable researcher who also had incredible practical experience. Had worked um, at uh, Moonlight Mushroom uh, for many years and made compost and grew mushrooms, and um, that, that's where I really became interested in it. And uh, that I I did a uh, Worked two summers uh, at a mushroom farm in Chester County, got some experience there. And that's when the IPM program, they had a big grant back then in the early 80s. The IPM program was going on. They were learning about the Sierra flies and the Ford flies and how they vector uh, the different diseases. And uh, so I came up in that. And then I went to uh, a Georgie Mushroom Company, which since they don't market under that, uh, nobody really knows what that is, but uh, Giorgio Fresh. Uh, it's the largest mushroom uh, producer in the uh, in the United States. So the, the Georgia Mushroom Company is the farm. So that's where I worked for uh, 34, 35 years, something like that. And um, I also worked very closely with the uh, American Mushroom Institute. So I headed up the IPM committee. We wrote a book on uh, uh, integrated pest management in, in mushrooms. And... Um, as I said, I, I always enjoyed doing research, so I uh, published some papers and uh, about the mushroom culture and pest control and, and uh, the uh, Journal of Economic Entomology, a uh, couple in uh, uh, plant disease. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's, it's really, a, it, it was my job, but it was my hobby too. So I always enjoyed doing those types of things and writing things for Mushroom News, which is the trade journal. We're at the beginning of this grant. Um, the the portion, I guess that that includes uh, the work that the two of you will be doing, uh, was a three hundred and two thousand dollar grant to Lehigh Business that uh, is four years. So, with the understanding that you haven't really gotten um, started on the work that you'll be doing, um, I would be curious what are the some of the factors that you expect you'll be looking at to determine whether uh, possible solutions that they're working on are in fact economically feasible? I can take a stab at the at a first cut there, Phil, if you fill in the details. The mushroom industry, I'm an outsider in the in the mushroom industry. It wasn't an industry I knew much about until Phil kind of wrapped me in here, and I've been firehose learning a lot. It's an amazingly high-tech sector, but it's also amazingly 19th century, both simultaneously. You know, there's a lot of uh, science behind what's going on in the growing rooms and, you know, optimizing growing conditions and uh, pest management and so forth. But it's also highly reliant on people that just have a feel for it. They stick their, literally, they stick their hand in the compost and they say, oh, it's it feels about right. Or no, let's keep working on it. Um, it's, it's, there's an art form, a lot of art form there. Um, and one of the issues that this grant is going to tackle is kind of trying to optimize a lot of the pest management approaches as pest management strategies come out of the laboratory um, you know, are they cost effective? So we're going to try to monitor, you know, their effectiveness and then identify cost vectors about, you know, is that, uh, is that the best way to, to do it? Or might there be alternative, more cost effective ways? One of the big costs is use of energy. 
Uh, they steam these rooms off to get rid of diseases and pests. Uh, it costs a lot of money to to steam the rooms off. There's they're also pasteurizing the uh, compost before it goes in. So that energy efficiency, improving the sustainability, is one of the big questions we're after. Uh, another issue that is going to be interesting to me, at least, and I think Phil as well, because he's in the data uh, department, um, is what you might call smart agriculture. Some of the scientists and computer people involved in this program are going to develop some um, you know, automated technology for monitoring pests and other issues like moisture, temperature, airflow, that kind of thing. So it's a bit a big data. There'd be a, there's a lot of data in this sector, but the data is not really well used to make decisions uh, in kind of optimal ways. And so you know we're going to we hope uh, be able to take some of that data, analyze and optimize kind of decision making uh, along the way to improve decision making. Yeah, but I if I can add to that, that Todd sure. brings up a great point about the art. And when I got into it in the late 70s, I mean, it was almost all art. Right? Everybody had a feel. It's how you put the water and and the way you flush the rooms, which is when you uh, bring fresh air in to reduce the uh, the CO2 that, that caused the fruiting. And that, that's what we're trying to do all the time is reduce the art and, in, and increase the science. And one of the things we're helping, hoping to do is to coordinate a lot of these things that they're going to be doing in the laboratory with what we're witnessing uh, in the growing rooms. So, for example, a, a couple of the papers that I've done, I, I almost feel silly uh, presenting them to mushroom growers because they're all things that, well, as mushroom growers, we, we knew it all the time, except for we couldn't prove it. And sometimes when you can't prove it, you're actually wrong. So to validate the things that, that, that we knew as growers uh, in our gut uh, is very important because we know that we can then move on to other things. But also the, some of the things we thought we knew that turn out actually not to be right. When we actually look at the data, we, we can improve uh, what we're doing so much better and, and, and use analytical tools and standard operating procedures instead of how somebody just happens to feel that day about what they should do with the, the CO2 or the temperature or, or, uh, or, or the moisture or what have you. Uh, it, it's uh, the more science we can do, uh, the better off we are. Now, is there any um, lingering tension between the art and the science? Oh, there, there always is. There's, <laughs> this isn't just mushroom growing, right? Uh, well, when I say mushroom grower, fill in wh whatever uh, uh, job you want to put in there. There's as many ways to grow mushrooms as there are mushroom growers. And, and every one of them is absolutely right. Just ask them. And uh, so, there's, <laughs> so we, we, we get into some great uh, uh, debate sometimes. And, and, and again, that's, that's, you know, these are people that, that know what they're doing. They have a lot of pride. And, uh, and everybody has their own opinion. And that's where if you look at the data and analyze this stuff, uh, then you can see what what really is the best way to do things and go to standard operating procedures, uh, again, rather than than uh, just what uh, the feel is, because we know that, that, that people's opinions are very important. They have great experience, uh, but it's still it can influence things in the wrong way. So it's important to have that experience, but also have data and you can. Uh, balance those things very well and come up, uh, come up with much better outcomes. I'd like to wrap up, um, as I usually do, asking if there's anything we haven't talked about that 
either of you think our listeners should know about the economics of mushroom farming or the uh, grant that you're going to be working on? One of the things that struck me as, again, an outsider to this sector is how quite different the manufacturing, if you will, the production process for mushrooms is globally. The, the Dutch have a very different system than the Americans, have a very different system than the Chinese. Um, and so, you know, part of the challenge here is trying to identify those, you know, a, holy, a holistic anal analysis of system-wide things to identify, you know, where is it that the real payoffs in spending a lot of money avoiding diseases versus reacting to diseases uh, and so on, um, and you know, see if we can make sense of why these things are so different globally even. Well, I'd like to thank both Todd and Phil for being with us on the Illuminate podcast today. I appreciate you having us. It was fun. Yeah, thanks so much, Jack. Happy to do it. And we'll check back with you down the line as uh, you actually get into uh, the economic research that you'll be doing with this project. Looking forward to it. Todd Watkins' research and teaching focus on the intersection of innovation, entrepreneurship, public policy, and financial tools for sustainable development. He has published in the journal Science, as well as Research Policy, Issues in Science and Technology, Technology Review, Small Business Economics, Industrial Relations, Environmental Science and Technology, and other journals and books. Phil Coles has more than 30 years of industry experience, including serving as Vice President of Strategic Management, Project Manager, and Kaizen Facilitator in charge of the Continuous Improvement Program at a multi-million dollar produce company. He also runs a consulting firm where he has assisted companies to increase efficiencies through improved plant layouts and balancing of assembly lines, aiding greenfield startups and company expansions. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To hear more podcasts featuring Lehigh Business thought leaders, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu news. You'll also find links there to follow us on your favorite social media platforms. I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast. Thanks for listening.